welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And this is another patron requested episode. So if you want us to cover your game, uh, consider joining our Patreon at the $10 a month mark and you will get us to cover your game like Brian did this, this episode. We're going to be talking about Red Earth, an arcade game by Capcom mm. that has now been recently re-released in the Capcom Fighters Collection. But before we get to today's game, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Well, I mean, I, first of all, it needs to be stated that this is this is the beginning of the month, and uh, you know we're 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 doing what is at heart a fighting game. I, we could, you know, just rest of the month maybe just keep doing fighting games, maybe have a a fighting month, something like that. I don't know. It, it's it's worth considering. I know we all enjoyed the last one so much. Uh, I I've been God. Whoever wrote in that was tired of hearing about it, uh, my talk of Stardew Valley, um, plug your ears. Plug your ears um, and, and keep them plugged for about the next 30 seconds to 20 minutes, depending on how, in, how deep I go into this. Started a new farm up. Started brand new. Started fresh. The last, last game I did everything there was to do. Uh, so I am I'm full in now. Uh, we're doing a little cooperative farm here at the house, which is, it, somehow uh, it, it makes some things easier, as you would imagine, but it does add another degree of difficulty to it, uh, which I, I was not aware that money earned on there is is shared. And uh, at the same time, if I buy something, it, it deducts the money from the other player also. So it's got kind of a little strategic effort to it now. You would think you're making twice the money, but in reality, I, I, I let the other person do the hard work, and I just I go out to the fucking lake, fish it up, go out to the ocean, fish it up. I, I throw my fish in. I make us about 200, 200 that night, uh, which is a pittance. Uh, but a lot of Stardew, I have also, and I was telling Jeremy P. this, I'm knee-deep in Bloodborne again. I am. And I, I didn't intend to be. Uh, my fiance is playing Elden Ring, and, and I really want to play Elden Ring also again. This would be my new game plus plus. Uh, but I don't want to play through and spoil anything and process. So I was like, eh, I could always play Sekiro again. Maybe beat that that boss that I've haven't beaten in two years. But I was like, no. So I got on Bloodborne and was just kind of messing around. And I recalled I did not play the DLC for it at any point in time. I have it. I've had it since it came out. I never played it. Uh, so, of course, the best thing to do is not to jump into my save that has, you know, 100, 200 hours in it. It's to start a brand new one. Start new, right? You got to start fresh. Put all the time in again. So, I uh, Stardew is kind of that relaxing game. Uh, not very relaxing for the one person who wrote in. Uh, and Bloodborne, that's that's my shit any other time. Well, I if people are tired of hearing uh, you talk about Stardew Valley, then they're going to start uh, to say they don't want to hear about me talk about Valheim. That's really all I've been playing, a lot of <laughs> Valheim, uh, with people on the Discord as well uh, as a group of my, like, Long-time friends I've had since high school. Instead of doing like a and d night, we're still playing Valheim. Uh, on the server group, we've taken down the first boss. We su summoned the second boss and wiped us. And in this game, once you summon a boss, it stays summoned forever in your world until you kill him. So we've got this giant tree monster wandering around that we have to take out uh, that we have to hopefully try mm -hmm. to do better this time. Last time we got about halfway down, and then 
uh, managed to kind of pull every other enemy in the nearby area to come attack us as well, which did not help. Uh, and we mm-hmm. died, and then we had to go get our corpses back. It is the best game I've played in forever because it has all the danger of like a classic MMO, but without mm-hmm. any other people other than the people you want to play with, which is perfect for me. That's exactly what I want. Uh, oh, yeah. So I've been playing a lot of that. But the other thing uh, that people hate talk hearing me talk about is uh, the Evercade, and unfortunately, when we talk about that too, I, I did finally break down and get the EXP, the new handheld Evercade, and so it's got Capcom games built in on a bunch of classic arcade games, but also a handful of console games, so I finally, after getting recommended to play other games in the series and never really trying it, I've started the first Breath of Fire, so I'm playing that as well since I can now play it on the handheld uh, whenever I'm just killing time, which is a lot of the time, so I'll, I'll get through that, unlike other RPGs I've started that I haven't finished uh, one that has a handheld component is going to make it easy for me to finish. Uh, but the other thing that happened is they have a game of the month on Evercade still. So the current game of the month is uh, Donut Dodo, which came out a while ago. It's kind of like this retro arcade game. It feels very much like Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. and Burger Time and all these things kind of mashed together. Uh, and it's super fun. I've been playing a lot of that too. Uh, if you haven't played Donut Dodo, I think it's available for pretty much everything and is worth uh, probably, uh, I mean, I'd pay up to 20 bucks for it. Uh, but I'm playing it for free mm. if you have an Evercade right now. So that's what I've been playing. But Jeremy, what about you? I, I sincerely hope we're going to get the trifecta and Jeremy is back on Witcher 3. Close, actually. Uh, no, let's <laughs> let's continue uh, with the hat trick and, and talk about a game we've already talked about before. Uh, but the good news is that I've beat this one, so we can never talk about it again, and that's Cyberpunk. Um, oh! I finally beat that one. I've been playing it for like two years on and off now. Um, finally beat it on PC, and that game's all right. It's it's all right. It's got a lot of problems that that's never going to be fixed. That are just you know it's it's inherent to the core of the game. Like they would have to rebuild the entire game to to get rid of a lot of the stuff that's just janky and broken. But like they've got it to the point where it works now. Most everything functions as it should. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be like you know weird stuff like characters just you know, phasing in and out or, you know, blinking in and out or just items going crazy, you know, your standard open world stuff, but it always seems mm-hmm. like there's just more of that in cyberpunk. But I, uh, I put a lot of time into like the side missions and stuff, which is probably the best part of the entire game. Like the story itself isn't bad. Like there's some decent parts to it, but overall it's, you know, nowhere close to what the Witcher is. And <laughs> Uh, there's, you know, it's barely there. There's, you know, it's not a very long game at all if you just do the story missions. So I would totally suggest, just, you know, as soon as you get past, uh, you know, the the first big heist mission and and the world open up, well, opens up, just do the side missions. They're so much better than the actual story missions. And also, like, it gets much better when you stop trying to play it like an RPG and and try to play it more like GTA. Because if you, you know, really get into it, the RPG elements in this game are just shallow as a puddle. Like, there's there's nothing to it. Like, comparing this to Witcher, like, not even in the same same field, ball field. It's, it's more like just a kind of GTA where you can make your character class and, and maybe buff it out a little bit. I'm pretty sure you could actually go through this entire game without putting any stats or upgrading anything and it wouldn't be a problem. Like I was so overpowered by the time I beat the game, mm-hmm. I could just walk up, press a button and someone, someone will die. Like mm-hmm. literally I'm not shooting them. I'm just, you know, hacking them. I was like the, the caster, you know, the, the net hacker is what they call it. 
And I, I had a button for suicide. I had the suicide button. I just, it makes somebody be like, all right, time to go. And, uh, you know, they kill themselves uh, along with several other things where they, you know, like they set themselves on fire, but I was so overpowered. I could kill anything in the game in like one shot. So it's just, it, it's just not worth it. All the upgrade stuff and crafting never needed it. There's so many rare, you know, weapons and stuff out that you'll just randomly find that it's just, it's just a waste of time. So just get in there, play it, have a good time. Don't worry about all that other stuff. And it's, it's a decent little game, but I, it's just forever going to be as, as broken and janky as it is. It's just, it'll at least function now. So I, that, that's what I've been playing mostly. And we can never speak about cyberpunk again. Mm. Well, until one of us starts playing it. But for now, we're not going to continue <laughs> to talk about Cyberpunk. We're going to talk about the game of the episode, Red Earth for the Arcade, a Capcom fighter. So as we mentioned at the start of the show, this is a patron-requested episode, and the patron who picked it is Brian, who's on with me right now, so welcome to the show, Brian. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing great. Now, I, I do have to say, and I want to apologize, in the entire time that we have run this, you know, patron-requested episodes, you had the only game that you originally picked that we could not cover. So even though we're going to talk about Red Earth, the game you picked is like your second choice for the show itself, I do want to bring up that you had asked us to cover Hogs of War for the Sony PlayStation, and... I mean, I tried, we tried, uh, we were going to buy copies at first, uh, but those are very expensive. Uh, it's a lot more expensive than I thought for a copy of Hogs of War, um, in the United States at least. Uh, the North, the uh, European version is a little cheaper, but I don't have a way to play those. Uh, the, the second thing we tried to play with a little less uh, legal means, even those we couldn't find a copy that worked. And then we bought it on PC, even though the PC port is apparently not as good as the PlayStation, to try to cover it at all. And I, I mean, my uh, laptop is not great, but I figured I could have run this since I was able to run Silent Hill 4. I could not get Hogs of War to run. So I do have to apologize for the first time in the history of this podcast. We could not cover the first pick you had. But if you wanted to say something about Hogs of War, uh, you've got the time to do it. I'd say Hogs of War is one of those games that I haven't gone back to in a while. But I, I have fond memories of playing it. But I didn't. I haven't gone back, so those memories could be could be a little nostalgic going back to it now that I've kind of looked up some videos of it and gone, oh, how did I play this? I watched enough videos to see that it could be a lot of fun multiplayer, and so we were even trying to figure out, can we play multiplayer if we buy the, the, the PC version? Um, but since I couldn't get it to run at all, like I tried to play several times and like lower the graphics as low as I could everything else it just would not run well so it's probably uh, my machine more than anything else but I do apologize we couldn't play this we're not giving up on it but uh, at least for the, the purpose of getting you your game covered I didn't want to delay it indefinitely while we figured this out so your second choice was Capcom's Red Earth uh, which was an arcade game that we didn't really get in North America until a more recent collection how did you know about Red Earth? Red Earth was one of those games that I heard about for a long time and I didn't know what it was because it was locked to the arcade for so long. It was one of those things as a Capcom fan, I heard whispers of it for quite some time and it wasn't until I'd say last year I went to Galloping Ghost up in 
Chicago, and I saw the machine, and I went, there it is. There, There is my holy grail. There is the game I've been hearing about for this long. There it is just sitting there for me to play. That's awesome you're going to find it in the arcade, because that's something I, I mean, there are a handful of games that I, I've you know, tried to find over the years, and I, I never end up, I don't go to too many arcades, and I haven't gone hunting at, like, great arcades, but there is a place near me that has the original Nintendo arm wrestling game that's kind of like their version of Punch-Out, but for arm wrestling. I'd never seen that in the arcade before. They had one there that still worked. I was very excited, so I'm sure you were thrilled when you got to see Red Earth. What did you think about it now that you finally got a chance to play it? I'd say it's a fairly simple game, but it's one of those, it's easy to play, but it's hard to, like, master depending on like which character you you pick for the game the way you you know your play style is and the way you go through is going to be completely different so some characters going through i was like man this game is hard i cannot i can't win this and then i try a different character and i'm like oh it was pretty easy. That took like five seconds. But I don't think I've learned some of the characters. I think it's just a matter of me learning the the moves and learning some of the attack patterns of the, the bosses. Yeah, well, that was my first uh, kind of surprise playing this. I'd never played this before. I'd also heard about it as, as one of those games we didn't get here. But unlike a game like Cyberbots, which had characters that showed up in other Capcom games we did see here... There was nothing from Red Earth that I can recall that was in anything that I can remember. It doesn't mean it wasn't like a side character in like a Marvel vs. Capcom or something, but as far as like, you know, playable characters in other games, I don't remember any of these characters being in anything. So my surprise playing this was more how it's not a straight Street Fighter style fighting game. I mean, it, it has those kind of mechanics, but it's it's essentially like a string of boss fights, which is pretty neat and, and, and not characters you get to play as. They're all, you know, at least at the start... Uh, all these different characters that are not on your character select screen, and they're all a little more involved. I'd say I, I'm i kind of happy that each character that you get of the four playable characters you have, each one of them is like a different like play style. So it kind of each, there's a character for, for everyone to try and play and master. But I also love that when you pick one of those characters, the uh, the bosses are in a completely different order depending on which character you choose. So if you, let's say you played, I'm going to say you ended up starting as Leo, which is the big uh, lion character. And let's say you didn't defeat the uh, big Trionosaurus Rex, that is your first boss fight as Leo. If you then went and you lost and you decided to play someone else, I'd say the which character, who I have forgotten the name of, you'll start at uh, Hydros, the uh, the squid boss instead. Yes. yes. I, which I, I like that because it does mean that if I pick another character, I'm not just going back to that boss that, uh, for lack of a better term, kicked my ass uh, previously. Uh, I'll go in a different order, and I may get to that boss second, maybe the third boss fight, but it at least lets me try out uh, a different character against uh, a boss I haven't tried, so 
I'm not just like pounding my head against a wall trying to defeat that boss forever. Well, and then when you do get to go back to that boss, if you say you switch to another character and you play a different boss first, like the squid guy, then when you do get back to the Tyrannosaurus Rex, you've seen him before. You kind of know what to expect, so you shouldn't have as much of a problem, uh, even though you you know you've got still to, to defeat that boss um, because you you know you've seen it before. You're not surprised every time by a brand new boss, so that that is pretty nice. Um, I I liked. Uh, I haven't fully grasped yet, and hopefully by the time we record our episode, the the level up mechanic now in. In the console version, because you can now play this uh, ported over on the Capcom Fighters collection. But in the arcade, uh, I know it had the same ability to power up your characters. But when you played, did you get to really take advantage of that? Or because it was kind of a one-time shot, you didn't really get to focus on that? I think I focused on it, but I don't think I quite understood how it worked. Because I think uh, with the the arcade version, uh, for the most part, most of your level ups are either going to be resistance to, like, the four elements that you can get from orbs, and I most of the bosses have, like, at least one attack that's an elemental attack that you will be resistant to. Or you're going to get uh, a little, uh, little bit better weapon with uh, more durability. Now, did you get to finish this in the arcade when you played it there? And either if you did or didn't, have you now picked it up on the Capcom Fighters collection to play it at home. I'd say I didn't finish it on the arcade cuz I didn't have with the arcade you don't have a move list. So trying to play a character where I don't know half of their moves it'd be like if I started playing Street Fighter and I decided I somehow want to play e Honda now but I don't know I don't know any of the specials. And I'd say, uh, yes, I have picked it up on the Fighters Collection. And no, I haven't beaten it there. I have gotten to the the final boss. But uh, I haven't learned his patterns well enough to confidently uh, uh, take him down. Well, I definitely haven't. But as, as everyone that listens to this podcast is aware, I'm terrible at these sort of games. However, I do like that this is... Not a standard fighting game. Yes, it uses these controls, but it is, you know, kind of a, a more involved boss fight game with those moves to it. So I'm, I'm hoping that by the time uh, we get back and talk about the real game that I would have finished it. But if not, I'm sure I will have played enough of it to slam my head against the wall to talk about it. But I'm very excited to play this as one I have not played before. And I know at least uh, at least Billy also has not played. I think Jeremy may have a little bit of experience. So we'll find out what they think. But uh, before I go, is there anything you do on the Internet you'd like people to find you at? Uh, no, the only place I'm really hanging about is, uh, Tumblr, but not sure how many of, uh, your, your listeners are going to be on there. Well, I think you're also on our Discord, so if you wanted to come to our Discord, uh, Brian yeah. is there, we can talk about what you thought of Red Earth, or if you've also played Hogs of War, because you're not the only person who's recommended it, come on to Discord and talk to, <laughs> talk about it, we'll get a circle of discussion going, and maybe someday I'll get a chance to try it. But again, thank you so much for your selections, and, uh, we'll find out what Jeremy and Billy think after this. I'll be excited to hear what Jeremy thinks, because he seems to know a little bit about it, and I'll be happy to hear if he's played it before, or it's a game he's wanted to play, he's heard about, and he just hasn't gotten around to it. Uh, 
I had never played Red Earth, guys. It's a 1996 arcade game. I was not in a lot of arcades. I was not ever very good at fighting games in general, as everybody found out every time we talk about a fighting game. Uh, so I wasn't familiar with this at all until it came out on this Fighters Collection. Uh, did, did either of you know about Red Earth before this? I, I was unaware. Unaware of it altogether until uh, that, that collection came up. And even then, I, I didn't look too hard into it in, until it came time to, to play it for this. But no, it's, it's uh, I, I was, you know, never as we learned over fighting month, uh, never the best at fighting games, but I, you know, was fair and Midland most of the time. Uh, I still had a lot of fun with them and, uh, God would, would pick up and play pretty much any fighting game. Um, that, that may or may not be why we ended up reviewing doomsday warrior. Uh, if you guys remember that classic, um, but yeah, I, if I would have saw this, I, I definitely would have played it, especially with the, uh, the, the appearance of it, which we'll, we'll talk about as we go on. And it is definitely, as you play through, it, it does its thing to be a little bit different. So I, I would have been interested in it. I just, I, I was all over the arcade. I just, I never saw this. I, I never played it when it came out. You know, you mentioned that it came out in the arcade and I'll be damned if I know any arcade that it actually hit here in the U.S. It was, if it did, it was very, very low number. Uh, this this was it was just a weird kind of release for Capcom. You know, as we go into it, this is not your standard Capcom fighting game. It feels like it, but it, it, you know, it's it's doing a lot of different things that I think a lot of people just you know didn't understand or or you know they were just like why what is this game? And it wasn't ported to hardly anything. So I think you know this uh, the newer uh, was it the capcom fighting collection or whatever mm -hmm. like this is the widest release it's ever seen and you know it's even on the kind of the cover is, is part of like you know one of the main characters and stuff and they're, they're, yeah there's a lot of people that just don't know anything about it and i would probably be one of those people um had i not played a little bit before this game but uh before this podcast but yeah it's uh I, I never saw it back in the day and i only saw it in magazines and i think if anybody knows anything about it they remember the big T-Rex because that was what everyone took screenshots of in the magazine. And you're just like, what the hell is this game? And it's, it's just as big and awkward as it looks, but yeah, it's, it's a neat little game, but I never played it back in the day. Well, it, it looks like if you just walked up to it, like if I would have been in an arcade and walked up to it, it looks like a regular Capcom fighter. It's got the standard Capcom controls. You got a strong medium and hard punch and a strong medium and hard kick or fierce, or whatever they call them. But either way, you know, three different varying levels of punches and kicks. Uh, and that's that's your six buttons. Now on, um, you know, this collection, you can they have, they've added other buttons to do, like, this button does your specials, so you don't have to do the regular uh, Street Fighter specials. But otherwise, it if you were playing in the arcade or whatever, you'd have to do the same, you know, Hadouken move, or whatever, or Dragon Punch. All those moves do different, different things here, just like they do in Capcom games as a whole. So when you first turn it on, you're like, okay, I know what this is. It's a Capcom fighter. Uh, it looks really nice. Uh, it has, but when you first start the game up, you realize, wait, there's only four characters to pick from, which is, you know, less than even the original Street Fighter 2. You've got four characters. You've got Tessa the Witch, uh, Leo, who's like a lion-headed warrior, Kenji the Ninja, and Mai Ling, who's like this wrestler girl with robotic feet, it looks like. Um, they're all, they all play a little bit different. Um, like Leo the Lion Warrior is very slow and, and large, and he has like big attacks that kind of sweep a little bit, where as you'd expect, the... Uh, the ninja is a lot faster of a character, but he doesn't have you know some of the range that you'd see on on Leo. And you jump right in, and the first thing you'll notice if you're playing by yourself is the first character you're fighting against, and 
depending on who you pick as your main character, you have a different order of characters you're going to fight. It's the same thing every time. It's not like, it's not randomized, and it's not, oh, every time you play the game, the first boss is that dinosaur. If you play as Leo, your first boss is the dinosaur. But for every other character, it's not. Um, and you'll notice that, wait a minute, I'm fighting a character that I could not just pick. Because this isn't really a, uh, if you play it by yourself, this is not a standard Capcom fighting game where you're fighting against other people you could be playing as. Instead, it's almost like it's a collection of of boss fights from all the other Capcom fighting games. Um, you know, Darkstalkers has characters that look like they'd be bosses in games, but since everyone's a monster, it's still a standard Capcom game in that fact. You know, if you pick uh, the the vampire girl in that, then you can fight against the cat girl, and you could, you know, you, you can play against the characters you could be. In this game, immediately, you're realizing, wait, I'm just going to do a whole bunch of what, what seem to be boss fights. Uh, and, and that's different than any other game I would have played, especially in an arcade, for something like this. Yeah, this was uh, a, a little bit jarring, a little surprising. I think that's what uh, kind of got me roped in. I was I was assuming we were just kind of playing yet another fighting game, but it is when you're talking about. It. I got on there. There was a, a four four player four players to pick from, four characters rather. Uh, and it's just not what you're not what you're used to. Even back in the day, uh, you know, you have eight, eight, ten, maybe. So four, uh, I was kind of wondering how this was going to work, you know, how they're going to pull this off. But then, yeah, uh, every every fight is with these just monstrosities. Most of the time, they're pretty large and beautiful looking. Both your your characters and the enemy characters, very well animated um, characters that take up chunks of the screen. It reminds me of, you know, playing Marvel versus Capcom and taking in the fucking juggernaut being in it. Uh, it's, it's just you can tell that these are boss characters. And yeah, it's it's just a big boss rush, essentially, which ain't bad. Uh, it's, it's not something I've seen, you know, kind of with a, a fighting game before. Uh, so it is kind of unique. And then there there are some, some RPG elements thrown in as far as leveling up and unlocking new skills and your your character getting stronger as you go along. There are a lot of really cool things here that I, I hadn't seen in a what is you know still essentially a fighting game yeah i believe this was the first uh cps3 game from capcom which was uh their new arcade board like they had previously been running most of their games um like street fighter alpha 2 and dark stalkers and x-men off of cps2 and CPS3 was supposed to give them a, just a bunch more memory to make these big, well-animated characters. And that's exactly what you get here. Like, every single character is so well-animated. Even, like, the, you know, the huge T-Rex. Like, it's crazy how well-animated it, it actually is. Um, you know, eventually Street Fighter 3 would, would go on to kind of be the, the arcade game that, that everyone knew CPS3 for. Uh, but this one, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a looker if you've never seen it like it's mm -hmm. worth booting it up just to just to see it and some of these enemies because if you ever wanted to do a <laughs> boss rush of just cheap ass capcom boss <laughs> this is your game uh you know some are worse than others but yeah this is basically what what this is and it's uh if you're if you're coming into it thinking you're going to play some dark stalkers then this is this is not it now, I do have a question, since you guys did go to arcades and play these games, and I, I, it seems a lot more often than I ever did. How did you, I mean, 
I guess after Street Fighter 2, everyone kind of knew here's what the, how Capcom does their moves. But how do you figure out the moves in an arcade? Like, I needed to stop every five minutes and look at the move list in this because on the console <laughs> you can do that. But how do you figure this stuff out in an arcade game fighting game? It seems like a dumb question, but I've never, ever, ever been good at them unless I was able to, like, find the moves online and come back and play them. Well, de- depending. I-, I don't know what the cabinet looked like, but I had seen some fighting games that would, you know, on the cabinet have little move lists on it. Um, a lot of times it was kind of word of mouth. Uh, the best thing is at school, you know, you, you would get that little sheet of paper where somebody had jotted things down. How, how the initial person that discovered it did so, I have no clue. I think about this time, once I started playing Street Fighter 2, anytime I played another fighting game, especially a Capcom game, I just I, I went through those familiar motions like you normally would to, to pull off special moves in Street Fighter 2. Uh, I, you know, I do the down, down to forward and a punch down to forward back or down and back. Uh, I, I try charge attacks here and there. Uh, for me, a lot of it was just kind of just fooling around with familiar combinations and seeing what worked. I don't know if that cabinet, uh, you know, revealed any, any inputs on it or not. Um, that, that was my technique and, and Mortal Kombat was a whole other whole other animal all of itself when Mortal Kombat 2 came out. But I, I feel like they did a pretty good job in the magazines of, of plastering all that out there pretty quick. Yeah, I, I was never that good, you know, at, at fighting games in the arcades back then. I was, you know, young. Uh, so when I got up there, it was all I could do just to, you know, jam on some buttons and, and hope mm-hmm. for the best. Because, you, you know, back when you first stepped up to Street Fighter 2, that was six buttons staring back at you. And, you know, you were barely used to having two on the arcade cabinet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was intimidating, you know, just trying to figure out what you were, or just doing the basics. Uh, But later, once I played it on like the Super NES and, you know, got, got the moves down and understood what I was doing in the future, just about any fighting game I played in the arcade, it's like Billy said, you just go for those basics, you know, for Mm -hmm. every character you try, you know, you, you try a fireball. You know, if that doesn't work, nothing happens, then, uh, you know, you, you try it as a charge character. You know, charge back for a couple seconds, press forward, and a punch or a kick. And if something happens, then you know that's a charge character. And the rest of their moves are generally going to be charges. Um, and, and that's basically what I did. You know, it's if you can just do a couple little moves like that, if you don't know the rest, then at least you got one that you can go to until you figure out if you like that character or not. And uh, if you do, then you can put some time into, you know, learning what the rest of their moveset is. Well, thankfully in this, you've only got those four characters. And again, you can pause the game and pull up a move list if you're playing this on the, on the arcade collection or the fighters collection. So what the first thing you'll notice that you're looking through the move list is you don't have access to all their moves at first. Billy kind of mentioned this, but you level up your character as you're fighting mm-hmm. the, the bosses at the end uh, of each boss of each, of each fight. Uh, it kind of does like a summary of your score. And then it tells you if you've got enough experience to level up or whatever. And the level ups say things like, Oh, now you're, you know, have resistance to poison or you have a little extra defense or whatever. But the other thing is that will, as you go up in these levels, you'll unlock some of these other moves and it's not a ton of moves, but it's definitely, um, you know, you'll probably have one special move at the start and you'll get one or two more special moves, um, like standard special moves as you go up levels. I think level three unlocks one and level eight or something unlocks another one, depending on your character. But so that's different than what you'd expect, especially in an arcade game, because there's eight bosses. So if you beat all these eight bosses, you might level up eight times uh, and that's great and all. But then 
then what? There's there's like 31 levels or something in the game totally you can get up to your character. I guess the um, the one thing that happens when you finish the game, but also if you die and decide not to continue, is it gives you a password. At any point, you can type that password in, and it will and it will give you, I guess, the levels and everything you've earned up to that point with that character, but not the position in the game. The password, I don't think, saves the boss you're on, but it does save, you know, oh, I'm level 5, now I can start the game over as level 5 again. I didn't notice a massive difference to my gameplay, but I'm admittedly not very good at these. Um, I did think that, in general, because they were all kind of the, you know, cheap Capcom boss characters, that I was able to find ways to cheese them pretty well. I did actually finish this uh, with a character one time, um, and didn't have to super level, but I guess, uh, is there, first off, did either of you guys level up any characters high enough to make a massive difference in how the game played? Um, and and did, did you ever try to put the passwords in because the password actual entry system is insane? I, I didn't go for any passwords. Um, I can only imagine if you say it is because, you know, you've, you've grown up with the same bullshit password systems the rest of us has. So this one has to be a cut above. Um, but no, I... I I don't. I put some a good bit of time into it and, and leveled up um, the characters quite a bit. I, I there was never a point where I felt like I was overpowered by any means. You know, you're not you're, you're not going to go in there and one hit anybody, as far as I know. I, I actually didn't. Besides some some other moves here and there, didn't feel like it got into any kind of territory where it really changed the game um, or was extremely noticeable uh I, I don't know if it's maybe you know just a little more of a gimmick uh but i i didn't see any big sweeping changes due to leveling up throughout the game no it it doesn't really give you too much of an advantage i mean the bosses on their own are just bullshit mostly if you're playing on the normal difficulty level they get they definitely reach that bullshit level you know as you start to get stronger it doesn't make that much of a difference, you know, kind of like Cyberpunk. The It's cool that they put all the RPG stuff in here, but it is very shallow. Uh, you know, it's the, the stuff that kind of makes a difference is the stuff that drops on uh, the the battlefield whenever you're actually fighting. Like, that stuff helps. But generally, like, leveling up, getting more moves, it's nice to have that stuff in your arsenal. Um, but for the most part, like, like it's like Jeremy mentioned, this is classic uh, fighting game boss cheesing for a good point. You know, you kind of learn what weakness that, that each boss has. And it, that's, you know, not necessarily a good thing with these kinds of bosses because it's literally like, oh, this guy isn't blocking, uh, you know, a, a medium punch or ducking medium punch or kick or something. So I can use that. And it's it's not like you feel like you you know won the battle because you you got better at the game. It's just you figured out how to cheat at it. Well, and the other thing is when you continue, if you lose the fight, you only have one. It's not like best out of three. It's win one fight, go to the next fight. Um, but if you do lose and you can you know you continue the fight, you come back in and that boss has lost all the health you've already taken off of it. So even if you're terrible like me. And I, I'm glad it doesn't keep track of how many continues you did, because I'd probably be in the triple digits. But you do eventually just whittle them away. You can whittle away these bosses, even if you do one hit each time and die. You'll eventually get them down to where you can get lucky and get a, a couple hits off if you're really bad at these, and, and finish the game out. Now, again, in an arcade, it means I would have spent $4,000. But at home, I didn't mind doing that at all. I didn't feel like it was cheap. Uh, and I, I did enjoy going through the game, because after you pick your character, um, each 
of the four characters has their own unique story and has their own different level, uh, like different uh, order of the bosses that ties into that story. So between each fight, there's a little cinematic that tells you what's going on. Uh, and before and after each fight, they talk to each other and, and whatever. So uh, since there's only uh, eight bosses in the game, really, um, I figure it's probably just worth mentioning each one real quick because that that's the levels in this game. Instead of going level by level, we'll go boss by boss real quick. Um, so as, as Jerry mentioned, the kind of character you see a lot of in pictures of this is this giant dinosaur whose name is Hauser. Uh, he's the first boss when you're Leo, but for everybody else, he comes up later. He is, he doesn't even talk. When you get to him, the guy's just like, oh, it's a dinosaur. I should fight it. And then it says roar or whatever. And then you fight it, but he's huge. He's giant and he's fast and he looks really cool. I mean, I, I didn't know that this had different boss orders, but when I got into him, with my first character's Leo, because why wouldn't you pick a guy that looks like a giant lion? Um, I was like, well, this boss looks incredible. And the first when you fight him first, he's not incredibly difficult. All these bosses scale up the later they are in the fight uh, order. So when you fight Hauser first, I didn't have many problems with him. When I fought him later with one of the other characters, he was much more difficult. I mean, he looks neat. <laughs> it's that's about he, he's really there for, seems like for the wow factor. You know, it's like Capcom can do this now. They can put these big characters on here. And, and, you know, it's it's perfect for this style of game, you know, for something that seems like a boss rush. And I can see where you'd be like, if this is what your expectations are for the rest of the game, you know, the, the rest of the bosses are, are, you know, fairly large, but, you know, there, nothing even comes close to this guy. But he's mm -hmm. he's really cool. Like the first time you see it, it's like, wow, that that's that's impressive. Well, the, the next boss that I remember fighting is him. And again, with some, I think with um with Tessa, it's the first character, is Hydron, who's like this uh, underwater mm. monster that jumps out, has all these tentacles that they, you know, will wrap around you and stuff, and it, it, again, a neat boss, it would be a boss in, in most any other game, and here it's just a regular character you're fighting against. I, I thought he was, yeah. they were pretty neat. There's like this old man that turns into an ogre called Kongu, or Kongao, he's giant, he looks like a, a pretty standard, you know, Asian-looking demon uh, character. Uh, he's he's massive, though. I had a lot of problem with him, even when I fought him early. I don't know what it was about his moveset, but I just could not get uh, a lot more on him. Lavia is a harpy that you fight. Uh, she flies around the screen. She's very annoying because a lot of the jump mm -hmm. moves you'll do, she'll hit you in the air. I'm uh, not, not a fan of her either. Gigi is like this... Uh, <laughs> an Aztec robot. I don't know how else you describe it, but it it it, it was hmm. a, like the stone guardian that comes to life. That's a, a tough fight as well. Revenge. Uh, this woman turns into it, the, this Egyptian monster with a bunch of heads on it. Uh, she also jumps around the room very fast. Not a fan. Uh, and then the after you fight all those characters, there's six and again, different orders uh, in between level three and level and after level six. There are bonus rounds that come in, uh, much like the, you know, beat up the car in, in Street Fighter. But instead, it's like the first one, you beat up a statue. And if you can take all the parts of the statue, you get a bunch of bonus experience, which helps you level up. And the second one is uh, you're kind of in a temple area and you're hitting these heads off the wall while these things fire at you from the floor. Um, and then you get to go to the last two bosses. They're always the same and they're always the last two bosses. So the first is Blade, who looks like kind of like a robotic knight. Um, I thought he was surprisingly not, I mean, he was hard, but he wasn't as hard as I expected for the, you know, next to last boss of the game. You thought he was the last boss, but obviously there's gotta be something else going on. It can't be the guy you think it is. Um, I, I don't know if you, either of you guys had problems with Blade, uh, compared to the actual last boss who is awful. Not Blade, but, but yeah, I, it's that false sense of security because <laughs> you, you feel like hot shit when you, you take Blade down. Cause I, I, I did struggle uh, with a lot of the earlier uh, uh, characters you fight. And, and and we're talking about them, but man, this is one of those times where you're doing yourself a disservice 
if you don't take the time to at least look at a video of them. Uh, they, they all are, are pretty impressive and kind of do their own thing. But yeah, Blade went down, I, I, I thought, really easy. And I was a little concerned about that. And But I was on my high horse a little bit. But you know what? You get knocked right off that fucking high horse uh, in the next fight. I, you knew what was coming. I mean, you had to know. This is this is Capcom. It's it's the last boss, and you know, especially if he goes down a little bit too easy, mm-hmm. you know, you're about to get your ass handed to you. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah, th- after that, you find out the true last boss, which is like this old magician um, named Valdol, and he <laughs> he he has multiple forms. You basically have to fight him twice in full, and both of them are terrible and have plenty of. I mean, I, I had that, this was a fight where if I continued a thousand times, then I continued, uh, 800 of them on this fight alone, these two mm-hmm. fights. Um, he just had, he has, it's super cheap. He he's blocks everything I did. I wasn't able to get a lot accomplished. You do have, um, Jeremy mentioned during the fights all around, not just the last boss, but through all the fights as you're attacking them, these chests will come up out of the ground. If you can you know get to them and kick them open, there'll be little balls in there. Um, that's what you get instead of having like an EX meter or something that pills, uh, fills up for a super attack. Instead, you have to collect these items and that lets you do your super attack. And depending on what item you pick up, if it looks like it's fire or ice or whatever, it changes the element of the attack you're going to do, uh, for many of those super moves. So, you know, you're constantly running around, you know, trying to to essentially like whittle away at these bosses while grabbing these other items and then, you know, then you, you're like, "Oh, all right, I can finally do a super move." And and then you'll <laughs> on this last boss, you'll see your charger or whatever happen and he moves out of the way or you miss completely or he jumps in the air. Like I just this last boss and again, I'm not good at these, but this was maybe the hardest fight uh in any like <laughs> any uh Capcom fighter that I've played at least where I and I you know, I, I don't know if it's because I didn't level up enough, but he was rough. Oh, he's 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 a regular old son of a bitch. Um, it, it is a tough fight. Uh, and I I felt like I kind of had the hang of this going into it also. I, I think this just somehow as, as many times if, as I have restarted on that fight. And it's a number. Uh, this, like you were talking about, the majority of times I had to, uh, had to continue or whatnot. It, it was it was this one. Um, and I, I, there's just something about his moves, something about the way he moves around. I just, I was not able to ever nail it down and be able to kind of predict things and kind of act ahead or at least adequately defend myself. Uh, once I did any, any victories over, over this character, it's one of those where even when you win, you don't really feel good about it. Like you don't have a nice strong match against him. You just, you don't, oh man, I scrape by. And I, that's that's the best I can do with him. Even in victory, it was it, it, it was a pretty empty <laughs> victory in which I know I just got lucky this time. Man, this was like the golden age of the most bullshit fighting game bosses ever. Like you know, Krauser and Gil and like just some of the worst, you know, Shao Kahn. You know, it, it's not so much that you can't, you know, finding a way to beat them. It's it's literally just hoping you get lucky enough to beat them. And and this one right here is certainly up there. It's it's not something that I miss about fighting games. I'm glad things have kind of leveled out with that. You know, you can still have a challenging boss, but for the most part, any fighting game that comes out today, you get a you know, you get a fair chance. But man, these these fighting game bosses back in the day were just the balls hard. Like that's all they wanted to do 
was just beat you to the ground. <laughs> and there's only so many times that that I can get beat to the ground where I'm just like, all right, you know what? I'm not that big of a glutton for punishment, so I think I'm going to turn this off. Well, I did. I did manage to finish it with uh, with the ninja. So I did get through the game once with one character. Um, I liked all the characters. If you play this two players, you only can pick the four player or the four the four same characters and then fight them one on one. So it's not like when you, a second player can pick the bosses and fight as them. You're only those same four characters. Um, there are no other characters that unlock. It's just those four. But again, the idea of leveling them up, I guess, if you were playing with other people, then you know it. That kind of gives you some extra reason if you learn those passwords. I didn't explain the password earlier other than saying it was insane. Uh, the passwords are just a string of numbers and those numbers correspond to like one is soft punch and two is medium punch and three is hard punch. So it'll just be like, I think it was tw 11 or 12 numbers in a row and you have to type them in real quick by hitting the right buttons in a row and you have a few seconds to do it and otherwise it won't, you know, it won't load up your, uh, your character. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty crazy for a password, but um, you know, I guess in the arcade, that's how you got to do it unless you're going to have people with memory cards or something. But uh Still, this is, I like what they tried to do. It makes it so that somebody like me, who's not good at these games at all, uh, you know, having that level system and having it where I would, would actually play through these again and save that same character to go back to as, is an idea that if I had this when it was, if they would have made a port for this, let's say on the Super Nintendo or PlayStation or whatever, I probably would have taken the time to really level these characters up and learn them because I thought all the bosses were neat and I liked I liked seeing what was going to happen next. Even after I got my butt stomped, I was like, I still want to see the next boss because everything looks so cool and every boss is different. They all, because they're all large for the most part, uh, except for the uh, uh, Lamia, I guess, the, the bird lady or whatever. Everybody else is fairly large. And so, you know, a lot of the time I felt like all I had to do was block and find the right time to do a hard punch or kick and, and get a few things in here and there. That's how I cheesed through it, but it works. And it's the same kind of thing I do when I play an actual fighting game with people who are good. I kind of do the same thing. Turtle in the corner and get a punch in here and there until they hate me and beat the crap out of me. So, you know, the bosses did the same thing. I, I think this is neat. I'm glad this is on this collection. Um, I, I, I bought the collection just to play this for this podcast, and now I'm excited because I have other versions of Darkstalkers and uh, what Cyberbots and some other games I really haven't played either, so... Uh, well worth picking up this collection. You can find it on sale most places. But uh, but Red Earth on its own, I think, is worth the cost of the collection because how else are you ever going to play this game? Uh, Brian did find a cabinet of it uh, in uh, in Chicago someplace, so uh, he got very lucky to finally play this. Not not when it was new, but uh, fairly recently, I guess. So that that's what the idea was for, for us to cover it. So, it you know, this was a, a perfect timed game because now we can all play it uh, in a legal fashion. Yeah, uh, you know, especially since it was never actually ported to anything. Uh, for some reason, my brain was thinking uh, Capcom Fighting Evolution, which was that fighting game that was released on Xbox that literally everyone has forgotten now. It, it does have some Red Earth characters in it, like, you know, Tess and I, I think actually the T-Rex. Um, but it's uh, it, that is really about the, as far as Red Earth ever got outside uh its own game. Well, I, I think Tess is actually in uh, Pocket Fighter as well, but that's about it until it's been re-released now on this, and it's a good way to play it. It's a great collection. Uh, if you don't even care about Red Earth, uh, you know, getting all the Darkstalker games and Pocket Fighter and uh, you know, just a lot of weird stuff that, that hasn't been released that much over the years, uh, this is your collection if you're into that stuff, especially if you just want to check out Red Earth, which I, I think is a, a pretty neat little game. And it's yeah, it's 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 definitely different. If you go into it thinking it's just another Capcom fighter, which which that isn't even a bad thing. Uh, you're 
you're going to be surprised. There's a lot to stick around here for. Uh, I, I think people might be put off by the kind of low number of, of characters. And I mean, two player wise, I, I personally just don't think there's enough there. Uh, but this is a great one player game to play through. And you get that, that real of leveling up and, and unlocking things like you would in RPG. Uh, but you get a good solid Capcom fighter. I, it's, it's, I'm the best of both worlds. So that's our thoughts on Red Earth. Thank you, Brian, for picking that. It's a game that I'm glad we got to try, and we never would have tried uh, until this collection came out uh, to, to get everybody access to Red Earth. So again, if you want to try it now, it's on the Capcom Fighting Collection, available on all current systems, and it's on sale a lot of the time, like most of those Capcom collections, so I think I got mine for $20. Um, but if you want us to cover your game, like Brian did, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. And how do you find our Patreon? Great question. Go to Retrovania.net, along with the link to that Patreon and all our social media and everything else at the very bottom. There's a form, and on that form, you can write a question, and on those questions, we'll answer them on the show. That didn't make any sense, and I don't care. Let's go to the questions. That's fine, because most of these questions don't make any sense. So let's start with Jilly Mayonnaise, and uh, they're wanting to know, is Jeremy P. single? I've been a long-time listener of the podcast on Spotify, and I only just decided to look you guys up. And oh my God, Jeremy P. is a tall glass of water. His mm. voice is incredibly sexy, but he has a smile and a face that could end wars. Now factor in his love for Final Fantasy VIII, plus his entire retro game collection, and you have a very, very eligible bachelor. So, mm. is Jeremy P. single? With, e with eager anticipation, Jillian H. Mayonnaise. Wow. Um, well, Jillian Mayonnaise, uh, unfortunately, I am not single. Uh, at the moment, I am married, so... Taken. Also, I have two kids. They would have to come along. I don't think you want that noise. So, mm. uh, but I do appreciate uh, that you wrote that for me, Mom, and uh, I feel much better. <laughs> it's like, are we are we having like family members write in now for us? <laughs> I, I think uh, because of the comment about my love for Final Fantasy VIII, I think the entire thing was a slight on me, and I'm fine with that. It's okay. Mm. I am not single though. You know to. To each their own. There's somebody else out there that really likes Final Fantasy VIII. And, mm -hmm. you know, if that's you, then maybe eventually Jeremy P. will be single. And, and we'll let everybody know the instant that happens. So, uh, yeah, thanks for writing in Jillian H. Mayonnaise. Unfortunately, we're going to have to ruin your day for now. Mm. Next question comes in from Garrett. And he's writing, writing in to say, or wanting to know about Easy Easy's games. Jeremy P., what the fuck are Easy's games? Is Easy short for something? You've said the eighth and ninth games are great, but I have no fucking clue oh. what you're even talking about. <laughs> Help a brother out. Man, a lot of questions for me this week. Uh, Ease, Y apostrophe S. Actually, I think there's no apostrophe, just Y S. 
Uh, it is a series of games, I would say 8 and 9, which I said are really good, are, are more modern feeling. They're 3D action games with, uh, like like a Zelda, right? But it has levels, it has equipment that you change out, uh, but it's, it's a lot more hack and slashy than a Zelda game is. I love that series. Um, the earlier games, uh, the first two or three, are literally games where you walk into characters on a diagonal angle to attack them. I don't recommend jumping into those if you've never played the series. Um, much like a... The character transfers between each game, and there is some background of why he's in each area based on previous games, but they aren't even, um, if you played Ease 1 through through 9 in order, the timeline of the games are also not in order. So it's like, they take place, it's like 1, 2, 4, 6, 3, like it, it's all over the place. So you don't even have to play them in order, uh, but Ease 8 and 9 are on, on current consoles, and they're wonderful 3D action adventure games uh, with with a lot of RPG elements, but it's not a firm RPG. It's a lot more action than that. Yeah, I I think you know if you don't know what we're talking about, just uh, go to any other YouTube channel or something, and and they'll call it wise. You know, if you've ever heard somebody say wise, uh, you know that's that's what they're talking about because um, even back in the day, like I remember seeing that, I was like, why is this just called wise? Like I didn't know until not too long ago that it was called ease probably this podcast that i learned it because i never played it um and it's a really weird way to pronounce that name so there you go hope you learned something today next question comes in from terry eagleman and they're wanting to know more lost or wanting to tell us about more lost mail from your earliest years as a podcast it's good to finally Mm. get some of this stuff back the following was retrieved from a server connected to a Retrovaniacs podcast from your earliest years. Greetings, guys. Glad to be one of your first patron supporters. Here's to 100 patrons by the end of the year. Anyway, to my gaming question. Imagine the world goes into a global pandemic and no one can leave their house for a few months. What game do you play to, sur- to survive the boredom? P.S. I see that Donald Trump is talking about running for president. Can you even imagine? <laughs> Lastly, to Billy's discussion about different fish he would like to screw in his fishing boat, I don't uh-huh. think this kind of content is appropriate for a podcast of this nature. Maybe it would be better for him to talk about the fishing games he loves as a stand-in for this content. That way things won't have to get so graphic, yet everyone will understand what he's referring to. <laughs> Just a suggestion. Much love to one of the fastest growing video game podcasts out there. PPS never review Gemfire. That game is a steaming pile of shit. Mm-hmm. This uh, this obviously was old. This obviously is old because if if they've listened all through the years, then talk about fucking different types of fishes would would fit right in line with the type of product we present nowadays. It may have been unheard of then, but we've 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 become salty over the years. Some salty dogs. Listener mail. I mean, we got people that fucking hog balls. We got people left and right chiming in. I think more and more it's 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 becoming on brand with us. As far man, if there was ever a pandemic, I don't know. I wish it would line up pretty closely to a, a release of like a new Animal Crossing or something like that. Um, I can see myself putting hundreds of, upon hundreds and hundreds of hours into that going to different islands and hoping to find uh, certain villagers to, to move in and just getting really in depth with it, you know, downloading designs from online to, to decorate my town and whatnot. Uh, yeah. I, I think a, an animal crossing would be a, a great type game uh, or maybe, you know, maybe 
just keep playing that Stardew Valley that I had had just started a year or two before. I was going to say Monster Hunter, probably the game I'd play a lot of, or or also mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. That's a good a good guess. If something like that ever occurred, that would be a great mm-hmm. way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in, in what world could that ever happen? But if it ever did, I'd probably sit down and, and play way too much of Final Fantasy fourteen, mm-hmm. and, you know, just gain an incredible addiction to that for no mm-hmm. reason, just because... That's really about the only thing to do for like 14 hours a day. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's such a, a far-fetched thing. But yeah, uh, you know, thanks for letting us know about Gemfire. We could have really used that about uh, a few <laughs> years ago. Um, but but hey, you know, it's good to finally know, I suppose. But yeah, thanks for writing in, Terry Eagleman. Uh, next up comes from uh, Late to Gaming, and he's wanting to know about remakes. How do you guys feel about remakes that make substantial changes to the story or gameplay, like the battle system changes in the Final Fantasy VII Remake? Any favorite examples of cases where this made the made the remake better than the original? I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake is kind of a special case. Um, I I think if that came out much earlier than it did, like if it would have come out on the PS2 or something, it would have be uh, more of an issue. Instead, I think because it was so far away and and so different, and they are drastically changing the story and the changing of the story is part of the story, I think. Uh, at least that's what it seems so far. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that in that case. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games that they've remade and substantially changed that I think were positive. I guess this new Resident Evil 4 looks good. Um, I don't know how much it substantially changes it, but uh, a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about it. All the Resident Evils they've rechanged, I guess, have, have been yeah. positive oh, yeah. moves. Um I'd have to go with, I'm trying to think of other times they've remade games and substantially changed it, not just done an HD, you know, overhaul or, uh, or anything else. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. It, it usually is just a fresh coat of paint. Uh, it's, it's not often they go in and really fool around, um, with the mechanics, but yeah, I, you mentioned them, uh, that resident evil, I haven't played four yet, the remake, but two and three, uh, two, especially, I uh, got substantial, uh, changes to to the way it controls to the way it handles uh, obviously the way it looks and it all just made for an incredible game i it's based on how well that one got that we got three and why we're, we're getting four now um yeah it's I, that's the one i always go back to as is being blown away like I, i've played remakes before and have been impressed with you know the kind of graphics overhauls and whatnot um, it looked a little better, and maybe the controls were a little tighter, but it was still the same basic system. Uh, that's the one that came to mind where they just really changed a lot of things, and every single thing was for the better. Uh, well, I, I did actually get to play Resident Evil 4. I was mm. going to save that for next episode, but since we're mm-hmm. talking about it, I guess I'll mention it. Uh, you know, this is it's more of a, a straight remake than anything. You know, they've added some stuff and they've, they've changed a little bit of the gameplay like you can move now when you're shooting. But it, mm. it's mostly like just quality of life stuff. Like this still feels like Resident Evil 4 to me. Uh, you know, it, it feels like if you just wanted to sit down and, and play a, a more modern version of that game mm-hmm. uh, than, than what you got back then. So, I mean, that's probably my favorite kind of remake. But like Jeremy said, Final Fantasy VII is really just a special case. Like it's, you know, it. I'm I'm actually kind of shocked that people don't just completely hate it like they did Metal Gear Solid Two. 
Mm. Uh, because of, of the swerve that game had. You know, Final Fantasy VII actually has that kind of swerve at the end. And, you know, I, I when that hit, I was like, oh my God, like, I can't imagine what people's going to do. And there's definitely a lot of people out there that just mm-hmm. don't like that kind of stuff. They want the most accurate remake of, of a game that, that can be. You know, there's a lot of people that hate not, you know, being or just being able to walk now whenever you're you're shooting in Resident Evil 4. They're like, you know, that's that shouldn't be there. That wasn't in the original, so it shouldn't be in this one. But I, I appreciate stuff like that. And if the changes are done right, you know, even with story changes, the story beats, or even completely changing it, then I, I can get behind it. And we'll see about Silent Hill 2 when it releases in the next year or so. You know, I think that'll be the ultimate test for me because that is mm-hmm. the one old game where I'm like, oh my God, if you change anything, <laughs> then, yeah. then you've you fucked up because it, there's not too many things about Silent Hill 2 that I can, I can say need changing besides, you know, maybe the controls and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, thanks late to gaming. And our next question comes in from the 16-bit big boss. Mm. And uh, they're wanting to know about controversial gaming opinions. Sometimes you're just different, even if you don't mean to be. I was wondering what controversial gaming opinions y'all might have. And Billy can't use Pac-Man sucks, as that is fact, not opinion. Here's some some of my hottest takes. The Sonic series only has one to two good games, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, and 2D Sonic is a deeply flawed design. You can't mix go fast and don't slow down with exploration and secret finding. Or seek and secret finding. Pick one, Sega. The original Punch-Out is borderline unplayable for new players or those who don't didn't grow up with it, and Super Punch-Out is by far the superior game today. Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64 is far superior to GoldenEye, but playing either on the Nintendo 64 controller is way more uncomfortable than you think, unless you just never stop playing with it and have that weird muscle memory for Nintendo 64 controllers. Super Black Bass is just a prequel to Monster Hunter. Hunt specific animals using lures and weapons tailor-made for them, and if you're good at one, then you should be an expert at the other. Hope you all... Hope to hear some sincerely spicy takes from y'all. Jesus. It's, it's tough. I, 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 you know, I'm glad about the Pac-Man thing. I, I was instantly, um, instantly going there. Ah, uh, man. I, I don't know. As far, as far as things go, I don't think I have anything too awful spicy. I, I think I've spoke about how I, I, I don't know if my, my age, uh, I, I don't know if I missed it by a year or two, but I, I just, I really don't have a great appreciation for uh, kind of Atari era games. I, I am picking them up slowly, kind of as we play through them on here, but it, it is not something, anything pre-NES. I, I find it very hard to go back and play. I don't know if it's an engine span thing or what. I don't think it's very spicy, though. I, I think that's just kind of standard. Um, I, I'll throw it out there. I think there are only about a handful of good Mega Man games. I tire of that series after three. I don't think it ever recaptures anything after that. I'm not a big fan of the X series either. Uh, I just, I think Mega Man just relies on that crutch and it has never changed its formula at all. And it it, it probably fucking needed to. Uh, And some of the bosses just kind of get silly. As you go throughout. I also apparently offended a, a good friend of mine not too long ago when 
when I, I they were big fans of the last of us and you know i played through it um and man i feel like i kind of felt like it then i definitely do now i think that game absolute fucking slog to get through and i know a lot of people like it and it, it's got a series and boy that series seems like it's a damn slog too but just going back and just kind of looking at it I, I played through it and some things were neat but fuck all i i don't think i'd ever be able to um i, I you know that last of us I, the fact that i think it borders on too boring and Mega Man probably should have tapped out after three. Nothing too bad, though. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any that are super spicy, but I really don't. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't like that people do. I don't like any of the, you know, Call of Duty games or any of those. I think they're all terrible, but that's just more that I'm terrible, I guess. Uh, I do think that the best Mario game is Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, by, a, by a long Wonderful. shot. It's by I would play that game every day over any other Mario game. I don't really like 3D Marios. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, when we did our Mario 64 episode, I've grown to like that game because uh, we had to cover it more. But uh, I'd still rather go back and play Super Mario Brothers 2, uh, the game that is arguably not even a Mario game. Um, I had something else. Oh, the best Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy 12. Uh, we've had that discussion before, <laughs> and people still disagree with me because they're wrong. And that that may have to be it for spicy takes. I don't. I mean, you know, I I, I don't play any sports games. I don't really play any racing games. I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I can't really talk about those things very well. So just the, you know, I guess. Uh, yeah, I can't do really disagree on the Sonic one though. I think that's pretty accurate. Although I do like two D Sonic. I can't believe you would put Sonic Adventure one and two as the best two Sonic games. But you know, that's your call. I think most of my spicy takes have been well documented mm-hmm. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, the general chaos is a good game. Um, Jesus. Days Gone is not a good game. <laughs> Gwent is a better card game than the rest of The Witcher. Um, I, you know, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is better than the original Final Fantasy VII. Um, that's just me. Man, I, I, you know, that's really about it. Like, I, I don't really have too many spicy takes out there. You know, the and the ones I have are just stupid. Obviously, oh, a Mega Man Nine is the best Mega Man, uh, or Mega Man was it eight or nine? Eight. Eight. Eight's the one you keep talking about. There's yeah, no PlayStation version. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, there's. I, I don't really usually go out of my way to, uh, you know, just jump in there and be like, well, actually, you know, that's that's just never been me. I like to hear what what stupid things people say. Um, it's just that I think I've accumulated the, the most egregious, stupid things over the years on this podcast that I've said, uh, it, you know, of course you've got Billy with his, his Pac-Man nonsense and then also this, you know, person, but it, it's, it's whatever, you know, everyone's got their own opinions and everyone likes their own things. So who's to say anyone's wrong, really? Oh, yeah. Thanks for writing in the 16 bit big boss. And we're going to do one more question here for tonight, and it comes from Fresh Goes Better, one of our absolute favorite people on the earth. They're writing in to tell us about or ask us about game movie TV adaptions. A wizard gives you a bunch of money to make a movie or TV show of one classic game that hasn't been made before. What do you pick? It's, it's, it's easy. You do probably fucking Legend of Zelda. Oh, yeah, I, I guess um, Ocarina of Time in particular. I, you know, I'm a link to the past, man. But I guess Ocarina of Time's the the bigger, more sweeping kind of story. 
Zelda's mm-hmm. already been done, though. Has it been? How? When the old cartoon. Done? Yeah, it was an adaptation. Does that count, too? I, I think if, uh, you know, if it Jesus. was an attempt at a show. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it, it, it does exist. Well, I don't know if it was or not. I know it had, yeah, cereal is pretty fucking good, too. They advertised during that show. Jesus, it's back to the damn. It's back to the drawing board for me. What about characters that showed up? Like, did everybody in Captain in? Does that count? Like, is there is there shit at that point? I don't think those. You know, those were specific. It has to be like you know if something was specifically about them as, as a TV show or a movie. So I think a lot of the Captain in characters were just kind of mm-hmm. you know characters. I'm gonna fade into the background for a minute and, and and let one of you guys jump in. I was coming in hot and heavy and. I went from the penthouse to the outhouse. You know what? Blaster Master would be a neat movie mm. or show. You could you could have parts with the, the, the totally focused on the Jason vehicle and parts where it's you know he's adventuring and, and that, that would be fine. I think Blaster Master would be fun, and I don't think it has any current cartoon or anime or anything based on. It. I think that might have to be my answer because otherwise, everything I looked at was already either an adaptation of an existing <laughs> thing or or I knew was you know I mean. Sure. Was there ever a movie version of Final Fantasy twelve? No, but there is a Final Fantasy movie and a Final Fantasy seven movie, and whatever. I think that's too close. I don't think that counts. So I'm going to go with uh, with Blaster Master. I'm I, I, I'm back. I'm back, and I, I think I've got two. I and uh, one of them we almost got. And I don't know if we are or not. Uh, I I fucking I wanted that damn Bioshock film years ago. Um, that was was supposedly coming. And and it never did. And they tease it every now and then. I never know how official it is when they do tease it. I just think that would be a great, great world to to see, you know, put put out there like that. Um, and Jesus, otherwise, it's it's hard to say. I, I think some games could translate to a film just fine. Uh, Firewatch, for example, which I I they talked about that at one point too. A lot, a lot of talking. A lot of talking about things. Not a lot of doing, though. Um, but yeah, I, I think off the top of my head, uh, since my, my Zelda steam got taken down, uh, are two I would really love to see that maybe or, or may or may not be coming, depending on if stuff I read is to be believed. Been wrong every other time, but I think those are two big ones I'd like to see. Um, I, the, the emotional favorite would be Red Dead. Red Dead 2 more than anything, but I mean, we're, we're kind of dealing in Western territory there, and, and a lot of that is just kind of inspired by other Westerns you've probably seen over the years. I don't know how much of that would be its would be its own thing. Um, but yeah, I, that, that, that's all I got right now. Uh, if it hadn't already been released, I would probably say Castlevania, but if we got an awesome Netflix anime mm-hmm. from that. And so I think I'm, I'm left with my one last dream of a large budget adaptation of the metal gear solid series <sighs> and, you know, turn it into a series, you know, like an HBO mm-hmm. series or something like that. Something with an, an, you know, decent actors and enough budget to make it, you know, doable and not just be a complete joke. Because, you know, if you just adapt that as it is, as the story is, I, I, if it was just me watching it, it would be a dream come true. Um, but I can imagine, you know, if, if anyone else had to sit there and watch it that had never, 
even heard about Metal Gear Solid to just be like, what madness is this? What, what insanity is this? But yeah, I think if I could pick one, uh, that that would be it. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for writing in. Fresh goes better. And that's going to do it for all the questions this week. If you want to write in, head over to Retrovania.net. You can check out all of our stuff on there, like our Discord channel. You can just click it and go straight to the community. Um, what else we got on there that we do? YouTube. Uh, we've got our YouTube channel. We've got uh, links to Twitch, although I don't think we, we Twitch stream too often, but it's still there, and we do still occasionally stream. Yeah, and our Patreon, which uh, you can also join and, and get a bunch of bonus episodes that you wouldn't normally see on this feed. That's over uh, But yeah, you can also uh, write into us at the very bottom, uh, fill out that contact form, send it in, and we will read your question here. Mm-hmm. And if you do decide to join and force us to cover your game like Brian did, uh, then we'll be probably covering your game coming up because I think we've got five or six patron requests for our next episodes, assuming we're all here. Uh, so I'm not going to announce them just in case we have to move them around, but I expect a lot more patron requests coming up over the next couple months. And we will see you next time with what's probably a patron request. Bye.